But I, but I forgot, like, I forgot to explain to you guys what Pentecost was, and I apologize about that. Yeah. I thought you told us. No. I think you, like, summarized really Did I really? Yeah. Oh, if I did, good, because I don't remember else I think about it. No. The Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> he said this. Danny. No, who is that? Oh, someone explained Somebody. it. Okay, it's so good because I was going to explain it a little bit tonight because I was like thinking about it during the week. I'm like, oh, I didn't explain Pentecost because I. Anyways, but to sum it up again, if I did already, what it means for us, what it means for the New Testament, what it means for the Book of Acts is the actually the birth of the church. So when you do start reading the Book of Acts. And you hit chapter two, mm-hmm. and when the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit's poured out, that is the birth of the church. That's when, mm. that's when the church we actually celebrate. I think it's coming up in May. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it Pentecost Sunday. And so, what it what what it was for the Jewish people, though, it's one of the one of the major uh, feasts that they were to acknowledge and to celebrate. So the disciples, Jesus told the disciples to stay in Jerusalem. He, he before he, then he goes up to heaven, tells them to stay in Jerusalem, and then it was ten days after he had already ascended into heaven, that came the day of Pentecost. Um, that the, it was that feast day, and that's when the Spirit was poured out, and that was the birth of the church. And you just see all kinds of awesome stuff that takes place after that in the Book of Acts. And so I just want to leave it at that. Hopefully that would whet your appetite a little bit just to dig into it, because I tell you the the move of the Spirit. <laughs> In the book of Acts, is, is it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just got to dig into it. Because I want to, you know, uh, I want to hear what you guys, I want to hear the things that stand out to you in the book of Acts as you read it. You don't have to just sit through it. Read it slowly. If there's things that are popping out to you as you read it, take your time. Uh, meditate on those things. Ask the Lord about those things. And so it would be interesting to, to see what things pop out to you as you read it. Um, but one of the things I wanted to bring up, and you guys might not even realize it, that you know that song "Rest on Us." Yeah. Yeah. yeah? It's a good song, right? It's catchy. It's good, but it's more than catchy and good. Do you know that you're actually singing scripture in that song? No. You know? You guys are actually singing Acts chapter two in that song, and Genesis one two. Well, help me out with this. Good verse. Wait, wait, wait. Fire and wind. Yes, because you know what that song is about, right? That song is all about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It was when He came on that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. It was fire and wind. That's what He came in the form of, and they were all speaking in tongues. So. So say it again with me. Sing that, sing that verse real quick. Open up the gates, let heaven and us rush in. Come on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. So sometimes, hey, you gotta listen. Listen. Sometimes you gotta be careful what you pray and what you sing, because I think the Lord wants to answer that in this group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not just singing the catchy, nice song. I think the Lord wants to answer that in that group. So, uh, in this group, so sometimes you gotta be careful what you pray, what you say. You ever, uh, I know we can attest to this, but if you ever pray for patience, and then like God oh, gives you an opportunity for patience or humility. What's that? You said it at a stoplight for like five minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> or every 
every stoplight you hit, there's somebody crossing the crosswalk? And then I quit. Oh, yeah. Isn't that frustrating? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so the other part of the song, what, how, does the, how does that song rest on us? How does it start out? Uh, like the spirit's moving over the water. Yes. Say that again. That sounded really good. Like Seriously. Spirit moving over the water. Like the spirit moving over the water. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Like the, what is it even Whoa. talking about? When did that happen? When Genesis chapter one, verse two. It's talking about when the spirit moved in the water in Genesis one. At the creation. Mm-hmm. It's such a, I, it's such a powerful song about the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we don't realize. Oh man, some of the songs that we're singing, or or whatever, there's so there's a lot. And all that to say, is there's a lot of depth to that song, and uh, and I bring it up because one, there's this man. You guys know who Francis Chan is? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You guys know some of the books he wrote? Yeah. No. no. Yes. Crazy Love was like his first book. He was well known for. But several years ago, it was after that book, he wrote another book. Anybody know what it's called? No. It's called The Forgotten God. Mm-hmm. And it's a book about the Holy Spirit, how in the church, for the most part, not all across the board, but like in general, the Holy Spirit is often the forgotten God. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, we talked about last week about the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, the triune God, God, the Father, God, the Spirit and God, the Son. And uh, that's one of the things that sometimes we just don't we just kind of miss it. And we don't acknowledge it. And so, that, so I don't want to talk a lot tonight, but what I do just want to bring up is uh, some verses on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're talking about revival. Mm-hmm. When revival comes, like we talked about at Azusa, at the Brownsville Revival in Florida, the other revivals, they are moves of the Spirit, moves of the Spirit of God. And these revivals are distinct. They're unique. Um, like... For instance, like at Azusa, the one we're talking about at Azusa, it was much like the book of Acts where one of the, the, the marquee things was the Spirit's baptism, the speaking in tongues, the, the crazy miracles, mm-hmm. salvations. At, uh, at the Brownsville Revival, what was the, uh, like the hallmark? That the, what was it the was one? definitely, I would say, conviction of sin where people were repenting of their sin and thousands of people getting saved. Yeah, like they had, I think they had documented well over 135,000 salvations in the five years. And those were ones that were documented. Like there was probably a lot more. But yeah, people getting saved and just the conviction of sin and just repentance, like this godly sorrow where they were just crying out to God, God forgive me. Yeah. So intense. I, that's the thing that struck me when I was there, feeling that intensity of the conviction of sin, like the Holy Spirit coming down with that conviction. And it was such holy. It was so holy that, I mean, you felt like if you weren't right with God, you needed to either run to the altar or run out of there. Like you couldn't just observe, you know, it was so intense. Fire. I call that the fire of the wind and the rain. And I don't know if you guys know this. I just say this. Last Friday when we were here, right? It was kind of a sunny, nice day, right? I went to bed like 1130 at night. I'm hearing wind and rain so strong that like one of our chairs blew off our back porch. 
And I was like, is that rain? Like, what's going on? Like, because it was strong. And then the next morning, I woke up really early, like before the sun, and it was literally fire in the sky sunrise. It was like so intense fire, and I just made me think of the wind, the fire, and the rain, like the song. And I'm like, I think this is a Holy Spirit sign, you know? Yeah. What? Wow. Seriously? Wow. I was like, what? <laughs> and I sent this out on the thread to Marika, to your friends, and my friends, and I'm like, you guys, there's going to be, they, they think there's going to be a tornado. And so that's been a prophetic word. That Whoa. Been a something about a tornado coming to California. I think it's a sign. It's a sign. You yeah. know, of the Lord's moving, you know, his power. And wasn't him? I know, like, uh, there's like, never what tornadoes. What a tornado comes? Like, we don't have a basement. Like, we don't, <laughs> we're going to the bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> That's like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, go under the house, find the, find the, the, what is, the access to under the house. Is, I know, um, I know. I'm thinking in my mind with Elaine and Ben, like, what am I going to do with, with my family? Yeah. Like, I feel like I showed that to you, remember? Yeah. I showed it to you, we're like, I'm what like, are we going to do? Uh, we just got to trust the whole word. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. And, but you asked another thing about even the wind and fire. Think about what, because in California, we know about fires, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, too much. Fire. Too much. It's been miserable the last several years in the summertime, here. especially like in August. But what happens when there is a fire and then the wind hits it? It spreads. It spreads. So think about that when you think about the wind and the fire coming at Pentecost. Um, <laughs> yeah. Boom. 3,000 are saved in that one oh, day. Like, oh, fire. Yes. It's like, like yes. a wildfire. So they did experience the revival. How was the revival? Oh, huge. Yeah, it was, it, it was the birth of the church, yeah. And I guess you can call it what you call it, the first revival? The first revival. That we, I we think, did. yeah, I We're think you could call it that. Yeah. You know, every other revival to that. Like. Right, because you don't really see that in the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you see... God doing things. The people returning back to God. Right, and sometimes the Holy Spirit will rest on a person to do something, but I don't think we ever saw anything like, you know, what happened in Acts then what I think set the standard then for outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. I mean. And what, and what to come. But let's, who got their Bibles? Anybody bring their Bibles? I see one. I see that's a big Bible. Uh, Is that a study Bible? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, you got your phones? Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's got a big Bible. <laughs> There's a silly song out there. You can look at one YouTube. I, I like big Bibles and I cannot find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really silly. It's a spoof off of another song. Anyway. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> but anyways, so let's, let's look at... Uh, you guys cool with looking up about five or six verses about the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Sure. Just kidding. Yeah. Come on. I'll read, I'll read one and I'll call on others. Because this is like, these are some verses about the Holy Spirit, but we're not even scratching like the mere surface mm-hmm. of the third person of, of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. Like not even the mere surface, but it's worth, it's worth looking at. So, if you turn in your Bibles to Genesis 1, verse 2. 
So we all know this is the creation account, right, where God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, Wait, the earth was without form and, and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God, it's the Holy Spirit, was moving or hovering or brooding over the face of the waters. So all this to bring up, just in case we weren't aware of it, that the Holy Spirit was involved and active in the creation account. Mm -hmm. And then what is, you know, it also God also says later on in those verses, let us make man in our What's our? That's God the Son, God the uh, Father, God the Holy Spirit. So that all that says the Holy Spirit was active in creation, active in creating this earth, creating people, creating animals. Okay. And did you know this? Did you know that the Holy Spirit was active in creating you and me? You did? Did you know that? You didn't know that? No. I learned it reading a book about the Holy Spirit a couple years ago. So turn to, to somebody could read Job 33, 4. I got it. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Job what? I got it. No, I'm going to read Job what? 33, this verse 4. Oh, Danny, don't go ahead. Why are you talking? Can you wait for Alex? No. 33, what? Verse 4. For the Spirit of God. Yeah, somebody just shout it out. Jordan, go, go ahead. For the Spirit of God is Can you read it again? For the Spirit of God has made me in the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Mm -hmm. Oh, for the Spirit of God has made me. That's something that we don't think about all the time, right? Mm -hmm. About the, the Holy Spirit being involved mm -hmm. and being as God, God the Spirit being involved in creating us, knitting us together in a motherhood. Of course, mm -hmm. the Father was involved, of course, Jesus, the Son was involved, but mm -hmm. we're talking about, specifically tonight, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So, as Amy was saying in regards to the realm of revival, the Holy Spirit's active even on our own salvation. Mm -hmm. Jesus talked about he's the one that convicts the world of sin. He's the one that brings conviction of sin to our lives and leads us, like, leads us to God in that way. In my own story, when I was 17, any 17-year-olds in there? No. No? 16? 16-year-olds? 16 Me too. 15? 15s, 14, 13, 12, how old are you? 14. Oh, 14, cool. So, <laughs> so from my own experience, and I know you guys have your stories, I encountered the Lord when I was 17, alone in my room one night after a season of crying out in prayer because I was a messed up individual at around your guys' age. Um, and I desperately needed the Lord. And uh, anyways, I had this encounter with the Lord that uh, one night, and... Uh, and that, from that encounter, I knew that Jesus was real and that he was the one I needed to give my life to. But it still took a process. So I was a junior in high school when that happened. But I didn't get saved until I was 18, the summer that I graduated, way back in 1999. And it was a summer that I spent um, partying with my friends, just getting into, just doing stupid stuff and getting into, involved in sin. Although I had God in the back of my mind, didn't have him, you know, he wasn't, 
that much part of my life. He, I'd go to church every now and then with my mom on a Sunday and my little brother. But uh, but all of a sudden in August, August of 99, like I go into a service up at Valley Christian Center in Dublin with what? I used to go there. Well, I not go there. But I went there for like a Christian like softball game. That's cool. Is that yeah, right by Amador? Oh no, that's Valley Community. They're the same. But they both say PCC. But one's in Pleasanton, one's in Dublin. Dublin. <laughs> But anyway, so I go up there. I go into, I walk into a service with my parent, with my mom and my little brother, and uh, and they're handing out. You know, you go in church and hand out flyers for the announcements and the different sermon topics and whatever. So I get this flyer, and I'm sitting like kind of in the back with them, and and uh, in in this in the flyer, there's signups to get baptized. Like I said, God wasn't that much on my radar. He was a little bit because I knew I needed Him because I was so jacked up in my emotions and my thinking and just. Had a lot of issues, um, <laughs> but uh, and so, but I I saw the thing for the baptism, and I just knew, and I and I can look back now and know it was the work of the Holy Spirit as I get you know sign up to get baptized. A month later, I was uh, oh well, for, a month later I was baptized in September September fifth of nineteen ninety nine, and that was like my all in moment with the Lord. Like there's no going back. Mm-hmm. You know, have you guys know that song? I think it's like United. Uh, uh, pursuit. I made up my mind. I'm, I'm never going back. That was my never going back moment. It was my all in. And like I said, I just, it was like I just knew. It was just a knowing, and it was the work of the Spirit in my life. Saying, "Hey, you need to, you need to give your life to the Lord." And so, two weeks before I got baptized, all right. So it was still in August. It was the night I went to go, and I was about to like engage in sin again. Even though I already already signed up to get baptized, it's just the patterns of your life when you're living a life of sin. And then I just was about to engage in this sin, and then all of a sudden, which I know now it was the voice of the Spirit, he said, I just see, it was like, it just hit me. Like, I probably shouldn't do this. Like, I'm about to get baptized. And like, I don't, the big, the main thought was, I don't think this is pleasing to God. Mm. And I didn't engage in it. And two weeks later, I'm baptized. And I'm on this journey that 20 years later, I'm still on. And I'm still saying I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Never going back. So all that to say is like, I can look back and it's like, wow, that was the Holy Spirit's like movement in my life. He's so personal to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that we just don't always acknowledge him as much as, as, as we could. And as much as we really should. Mm-hmm. You know? Because like I said last week, I mean, Jesus... God in the flesh um, told the disciples, it's to your advantage that I go back to the Father so that I could send the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's just like so, so amazing. And it's just, it, it just, if you meditate on that, that blows your mind. Because you're thinking, we're thinking Jesus, like we're all looking to like see Jesus, to like meet mm-hmm. him finally, or to even have a, like a, a, an encounter with him. Like, my wife has a testimony where she saw him for, like, three seconds. <laughs> Jesus. I did. <laughs> <laughs> he makes fun of me, but I She did. owns that three seconds. Changed me. <laughs> oh, that's powerful. You know, and we're, like, we're so looking to see, like, what does he really look like? Because we see all these pictures, and we can only, we can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Another song. <laughs> Another song, yeah. You guys don't know that one, do you? Yeah. Which one? Oh, you do? Okay. 
back in the day. Oh my gosh, when that song first came out, you guys were probably like toddlers. <laughs> when that song first came out, oh my gosh, had everybody crying. But we're longing to see this man, and we will one day. But in the meantime, he's saying, I gave you the spirit mm-hmm. to be with you. And there's all these descriptions of like the Holy Spirit, helper, teacher, advocate, comforter. And like we think we just really need to know more about God, the spirit. Now, I know I, I, knew, I know I do in my own personal life and just this whole study and what we're doing, in, uh, not really, I guess, study, but this while as we're learning about revival, it's like, at least for me on a personal level, it's really stirred me up to learn more about the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. it's the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, obviously God, the whole Trinity moving in these revivals, but it's like God, the Spirit moving. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know his power. Mm-hmm. And, and which leads me to the other scriptures I want to read. Can we read Romans 8.11? Can somebody get Romans 8.11? And First Peter three eighteen. Because one thing that you might not know is that the Holy Spirit was active and involved in raising Jesus from the dead. So was the Father. Because there's different scriptures that says the Father was part of it. There's a scripture that says Jesus raised Himself from the dead, and there's scriptures that say there's two scriptures at least that say the Holy Spirit. Raise them from the dead. So that's the Trinity involved in raising Jesus from the dead. So all three of them? Mm-hmm. Correct. Just like, and it makes me think about, wow, all three of them were involved in creation. You know, all three of them were involved in our salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, all the all three the persons of God, the aspects of God. But sometimes, like I said, the Holy Spirit sometimes is like the most neglected one that we don't acknowledge and see the most mm-hmm. until we read these scriptures. Because somebody read Romans 8 11. Yeah, can you read it again? Nice and loud. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Thank you. Wait, first Peter what? Three eighteen. Be prepared to read it twice. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Yeah. Oh, there's another translation that says made alive by the spirit. Mm-hmm. In the spirit, by the spirit. So in those two scriptures, I know it's easy to just to go one and out the other when we're just reading them on night side tonight, but if you really look at it, it's like the spirit. Holy Spirit was involved in raising Christ from the dead. Active. Power at work. And like I've like I've said already, um, revival is the Holy Spirit. It's God the Spirit moving with power, moving with with might, moving in different ways. Like for the IHOP awakening in Kansas City, there was a lot of inner healing. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, the wine being poured out, the wine of the Spirit, where, like, you're not literally drunk, but you're, like, so filled with the Holy Spirit, you're just, like, you feel wasted. <laughs> or, or, or you feel joyful. I mean, I've seen Amy, like, laid out in Atlanta, <laughs> pretty much out of the whole high up East Bay, just laid out, whacked when, you know, the, that revival was going, that awakening was going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's true. 
So there's different, anyways. So, like we've said before, how many of you are saved tonight? You're saved. You accepted Christ in your heart. You are a Christian. How many of us have been baptized in water? That's okay. I encourage you, if you haven't, to, to sign up to get baptized in water. It's actually when you're doing that, you're following a command of Christ. And it's uh, beneficial to you. Now, um, but, so, when all that to say is when you're saved, when you accepted Christ, when you accept, when we all accepted Christ, and we've already said this before, the Holy Spirit is in you. 100% of the Holy Spirit is in you. But as it, as it relates to the book of Acts, as it relates to Acts 2, there's more of the Spirit that we can have and encounter. Mm. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, talking about that quote we read from the magazine, every generation needs to experience its own Pentecost. There's more of the Holy Spirit that each of us can have if we want it. Do you want it? Do you guys want it? You want more of the Spirit? More of his activity in life? More of his activity? So I'm going to read, I'm going to end with uh, Luke 11, verse 11, verses 13. And I'm, I just want to, I want to just keep emphasizing this because it's so true. This is the word of God and this is Jesus speaking. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone or, he ask, or if he asks for a fish, will instead, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. <laughs> Sounds like is that a snake in your milkshake. <laughs> like what? That's just, that's just a bad father. Your father that would do that. But, but if you then are evil, all right. If you then evil as you are, know how to give good gifts. And this is the Amplified Bible, so it, uh, so it gives a little bit more gifts that are to their advantage to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? and continue to ask. So my encouragement is let's like let's let's hunger for this. I, th I really think God wants to do this. Let's not just like sing songs just to sing songs but to really go after God. Mm -hmm. Really after, go after God the Spirit. I mean, go go after all of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. You know? Go out go after all of him. But he, he's encouraging. It's almost like he's daring us in this, in this verse, in verse 13, to go after more of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Go after more of him. To ask. To go after. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to kind of end there. So, because it's the Holy Spirit. Or I'll end with this. The Holy Spirit is the one that releases. And it's in um, <coughs> 2 Corinthians um, the Holy Spirit's the one that releases revelation of the Father and will re release revelation to Jesus to us. Mm -hmm. And the scripture makes that abundantly clear. And so when we encounter the Lord in this room, like, let's start thanking the Holy Spirit for like, if he reveals something of Jesus to you, maybe it's Jesus' heart, maybe you feel his love, or maybe you get a picture. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the Lord gives pictures and, you know, or he gives, he gives to you something about Father God. 
just start thanking the Holy Spirit when that happens because it's the Holy Spirit. It says um, in 2 Corinthians, it says it's the Holy Spirit who searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. Mm. The hidden things of God, the secret things of God. And so there's things that he wants to reveal to us, like more of Jesus, more of the Father. And so just, just all it says is just remember that it's the Holy Spirit when those things are being revealed. And when God moves upon our hearts, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit revealing that, those things to us. And uh, so anyways, I'll just end there. And uh, I'm looking forward to this time of worship.